This is Alyssa Olenek of Little List Fitness. And I'm Kate, otherwise known as Coach Carmichael. We are PhD students, endurance athletes who lift, outdoors enthusiasts, and entrepreneurs. We believe the narrative of the fitness and wellness industry is often far too extreme. So forget about the black and white messages that you've heard. On this podcast, we believe that life is best lived in the messy middle. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Messy Middle Podcast. Today, we are joined by none other than Tatum Brandt at Brandt Creative Co., and she is a good friend of Alyssa, a close personal friend, so I'm going to have Alyssa roll out the red carpet for her. So obviously, I wanted to have Tatum on ASAP. I get an endless amount of questions about branding, business, web design, things that I'm not like trained in at all, and people think that I just know them, but... That's because I lucked out and I found, by the grace of God himself, Tatum. And this kind of falls in the same train of just friendships that fell into place, much like Kate and I's story. I don't even, Tatum and I just met once and then it was just we were friends. And that's how it went. And that's how I think all great friendships occur. And so I met Tatum at Western Kentucky University. I was a lonely master student. I really didn't have any friends. And I just connected with Tatum through a local group. And I don't even know how we really talked one night. And then all of a sudden she texts me and she goes, hey, I'm going to this concert in Nashville, local natives for my birthday. I don't really know you, but you like that kind of music. Do you want to go? And then invited me on a trip to Zion. And we spent the entire car ride from Kentucky where her husband immediately ditched us because we wouldn't shut up. (laughs) And all the way to Colorado, just me and her talking. We didn't skip a song in the playlist. We just talked and then we were instantly best friends. And I think if you spend a week without showering with someone, you are almost like morally obligated to be friends for the rest of your life. So this is how I know Tatum. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. She is one of my best friends in the world. But beyond that though, when I grow up, I want to be Tatum Brandt. She is four years younger than me, but I look up to her all the time. She is an incredible force of a woman. She is so talented. Her design skills, but also just the way she mixes together all these different approaches to design and branding and web web design. I know that seems redundant, but Tatum is incredibly talented and she's been talented since the day I met her. So she got both an advertising and graphic design degree from Western Kentucky University. So she is not only just like some self-taught designer, she's like college educated and double degrees. And so she is one of the smartest, most talented women that I know. And I'm so lucky to have her as a friend. I'm going to pass this off to her though, because I want her to give herself that formal introduction of everything she that she is. She gave us a ton of details about that, but I want you, Tatum, to, to pick it up on what who exactly you are, how you live in the messy middle within freelance design, and what that means to you. Because I think for a lot of our followers, they're in that part of trying to start their business or their branding or getting better at social media, but they're, as you would call it, stuck between a Pinterest board brand and what actually should be working for them. Okay, so thank you so much for that incredible introduction. I am so excited to be on this podcast, and I will forever be struggling to live up to Alyssa's uh, version of me in her head. Um, I call Alyssa the Leslie Nope to my Ann Perkins because she is constantly hyping me up. Everyone needs a friend like her. So um, I hope that I can deliver on everything that she introduced. But um, a little bit more about me. Yeah, I got a degree in studio art, like the fine art section of graphic design where we're just making art and beauty for the sake of making beautiful things. And then there's advertising where like the train of thought is like, oh, it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it sells. So I kind of marry those two um, in kind of my principle and philosophy when I create brands and websites for clients and that, okay, let's make something beautiful, but let's make it work for you. Um, So that's kind of how I got started. Um, I started in college working for the rec department Um, a graphic designer for like intramural sports and personal training and health and wellness. So all of my friends were in like exercise science um, and I started working on little projects for them. Um, And that's really how I got started working with people in the fitness industry because that's everyone I'm surrounded by. Um, And I absolutely love working with people in fitness and wellness. Um, And so when it comes to like living in that messy middle Um, there's a lot of people and designers that I feel like just brand for, like I talked about, just create beautiful things for the sake of beautiful things and create brands that look good and look good in their portfolio and look good on Pinterest, but don't actually serve you and your business and reflect your business goals. 
Um, and then there's a whole side of designers that follow every design principle and design rule and create things that maybe they work on paper, but they don't fit you, your business and your vision. Like they just don't work. So um, I try to kind of marry the two of those things in working with people, listening to you and your business and your vision and your personality and infusing that with some really beautiful graphics to give you something that actually works. Okay. I love that because I feel like we hear all the time from people like on Instagram who are, you know, self-proclaimed business coaches or Instagram gurus, they like sell you this kind of like template. And this is kind of the same like messages we fight in the fitness industry as well as this like templated, it's for everyone thing when really you have to have that individuality and that personality to it. Otherwise, you know, how, how are you different from everybody else? And so I love that you mentioned that like from the get go, but I would love to take a step back and really break down some of the key terms here, because I know we have some biz babies that want to learn more about this. I'm stealing Alyssa's term. She said biz babies earlier and I loved it. So, um, so can you break down, like, what is the difference between like the terms that you're using, branding, marketing, um, you know, how do those exist? And when you're asking for services from somebody, what are the differences between those things? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. I feel like the term branding is thrown around all the time. Um, basically your brand, people think of branding as a logo, color palette, fonts that you utilize on your social media, on your website, um, when talking about your business. Um, but it's so much more than that. Really your brand is, you know, identifying who your target market is really having like a brand personality and a voice. So all the copy that you write, like the, the words that you use in your Instagram captions on your ebook, on your website, all of that is included in your brand. So it's important to think about branding holistically. What I specifically work on is branding, like the visual aspects of branding, the graphic aspects of branding. So your logo, um, your fonts, um, your color palette, and then you know fun graphics to utilize on social media and on your website. So I'm going to chime in here and I, I left this out of the intro because I wanted to just get you guys to learn a little bit about Tatum before I drop this knowledge bomb. But if you don't know, Tatum not only did the branding for our podcast, but that piggybacked off the branding that she did for me over at Littlest Fitness. And so she is the brilliant mastermind behind that branding that has probably been instilled into your memory at this point. If you can see like you know, demand better, you know, the orange and the blue and the green, you know, the little fist and Tatum is the brilliant, brilliant mind behind that. And so, like I said, I get lucky picking really great friends, but I think one of the conversations we've had a lot about talked about is just how to use that brand correctly. And Tatum did an amazing job. She, I mean, she knew my brand very well as my friend, but we worked together to figure out the best way to deliver my message in a brand that captured that for me because I had to do all the copy and all that stuff on my own and administering it to the people. But I have a really powerful brand now that can help be a vessel to that. So for those of us that are on in the online fitness industry, why is this so important and maybe different than other industries for us to have brands that allow us to deliver, you know, we know how to program and we know about nutrition and macros, but how does what you do help those people just like us? And why is that so important? for us. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I feel like it's so frustrating when you get started in the online business world, especially like the online fitness business world, because all of a sudden you don't just have to be an expert in like, yeah, programming, working with your clients, but also all of a sudden there's marketing, branding, social media marketing. You have to show up and it can be so exhausting and confusing. Um, but it's, it's easy to get like really upset and angry about man, like, people, there's, you know, people with a couple million followers who produce horrible information, but because they have gorgeous graphics, it really gains traction. Um, and it's important to deliver your knowledge and information in a really clear and digestible format, something that shows up that people really want to read. So branding is super important just to help you look like a professional, stand out and deliver your information in a way that people want to read. Um, so I, that's why I think branding and visual identity is so important in the online fitness space. Um, and like, we just branded you, Alyssa, like this past year, but you did stuff on your own, created a brand for yourself in Canva long before we ever worked together and you outsourced for a professional brand. So for the biz babies out there, 
when you just get started, you don't have to hire a professional designer and pay a couple thousand dollars for professional work. You can go to Canva, pull some free fonts, pull a free color palette, and just stay consistent utilizing that. Um, and that is going to do wonders for creating brand recognition. So what what would you say is the realistic thing that these you know, we keep calling you biz babies. We love you guys. I was you like two years ago. I don't know who, like who I am. I am you now. Kate (laughs) is you. Like, like I give Kate the business advice now, but so obviously I did the DIY phase of my brand and I'll share on another podcast what that looked like for me. But what do you suggest is the most realistic thing and like maybe pointers to get these people in DIY phase? Because looking back, there's definitely things that I know I could do better. Or now I see these pages and I'm like, ooh, that could be cleaner, even though you're doing it on your own. And then when do you know it's time to merge to professional, right? Because even when I, you're, you were my friend and I trusted you and I remember texting you like last October when we started, I was like, Tatum, I'm nervous. I don't think I'm ready. And you're like, girl, you ready? And I was like, I don't know. But like I was ready and I needed to make that. I need. I should have made that switch months before, but I was, you know, you, you don't know when to make those jumps, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, and I, I was talking to somebody about this today. Sometimes you listen to business podcasts and they say, oh, the first thing you need to do is go out and get a professional logo. And that's the worst advice because honestly, when you start out in your business, you're going to pivot and shift. You're going to work with clients that you hate, realize which clients you love. Um, your business is going to change a lot in the first year. So you don't want to throw several thousand dollars at a professional design when it's all going to change within a year and you're going to gain more clarity. So the first thing that I recommend you start out with is just start out with some strategy. Get super clear on who your target market is, kind of what niche you are in the fitness industry because it is so big, um, like kind of where you fall, who your industry competitors are. Um, And then move from there, which I have a few freebies that I'm going to, I think you guys are going to put in the show notes for how to identify your target market and your industry, and then how to define your brand message. So really get clear on your brand voice, how you show up in your Instagram captions, in your eBooks, on your website. And then from there, move out to the visuals. So you don't need a logo. You don't need something super professional, but just set a super basic color palette that really works for you on Canva choose a couple of fonts, keep it super simple. The simpler you keep it things, the easier it is to make it look really good. Because you might see some color palettes and some font selections that are super complex and look gorgeous, but that's probably done by a professional, someone who really knows what they're doing. So keep it super simple, get like a headline, a body font, um, an accent font maybe, Um, And then get a color palette, maybe like four colors that you really love, maybe two primary colors and then a couple of neutrals that you cycle through on your feed. And that's how you'll start to look professional without paying for professional work. So when you were kind of saying there, and I know your freebies probably address this a little, so I don't want to overlap too much, but you kind of mentioned that your business is going to change and morph in the first year as you're like working with clients and figuring out what you really like to do. And yet there's also this like, I feel like opposing message that's like niche down, figure it out, you know, and and I heard you say both of those things. And I think, you know, to highlight for our audience that both of those things can exist and that you know, like we like to say, there's a messy middle there. So can you describe that a little bit more? Like, what do you think people are going through when trying to both narrow, but keep their, you know, horizons open? Yeah, that's, that is so difficult. And I feel like, like, again, there's no one size fits all answer that applies to you when you're growing your business in this area, because everybody is different. So um, I think some of it comes with, and especially in the design community, it's probably the same in the fitness community, but your niche kind of comes down to, okay, you can't really niche down if you don't have any clients to begin with. So some Mm -hmm. of it is just give me all the clients, I'll work with whoever. And then from there, I'll kind of figure out, ooh, I'm really good at working with this type of person. And then you can start to niche down that way. I mean, I know in fitness too, there's people who are registered dietitians, power lifters. That's kind of what I mean by your niche in the fitness industry. Like really what segment in fitness are you? Pay attention to what industry leaders are doing. Um, and grow that way. But also allow yourself room to pivot and change. um, And don't be stuck doing things you hate just because (laughs) that's what you said you do when you started. 
Yeah. And I'll inter- I'll interject there because I think I know a lot of people have watched my business growth. Like Tatum, you've had a front row seat for this all. But a lot of times, like when we talk about niching down, I think people think that you need to go out and like personally search and hunt for your niche. But really sometimes you just you figured out that first year business, I took on 10 to 20 one-on-one clients over a course of so many months. And in that I noticed trends of those first six, nine months in business. And I was like, oh, these are the type of people coming to me. And oh wait. People are coming to me because I do this and other people don't. And I never thought I'd be a strength running co- combo coach. I thought that my ultra marathoning was going to hurt my business, but it was actually a strength that I would have never, when I started launching that, I would have never thought that's what people wanted from me. I had no idea. But then once I took on a bunch of people and I caught the trends of the type of women that were coming for me and where they were coming from and their past experiences, then I was like, oh, wait. And I tossed out the dudes. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I like tossed out the dudes. I was like, okay, well this, but then I just kept refining and refining and refining it. And I think a lot of people think that like, you're supposed to wake up and know your niche and have the perfect verbiage and the perfect message and the cur- perfect color font. I look back at my old stuff and I had a, a teal script, scra- scraggly brand, and then a purple pink thing. <laughs> and then the, the baby shower color thing. I went through so many evolutions of that, but you have to do that to figure out what people are receptive to and responsive to. You're not going to just wake up and be like, I'm going to be an intuitive eating yoga coach. Like you don't wake up and know that. You, you, you figure that out along the way, right? And so I think that's really important to emphasize for those who are feeling like they need to. And I think this is something that you talk about a lot, but copy industry leaders instead of looking at them to be like, oh, I want to emulate them or I like what they do or that's pretty close to what I do, but I can make my own twist on it. And like when I worked with you, you made me identify by quote unquote competitors. You know what I mean? And I'm probably internet friends with half my competitors. I'm not trying to steal their clientele and they're not trying to steal mine, but we do our own unique variations of the same thing, but I didn't need to copy them to create my brand. And I think a lot of younger people get caught up in that comparison game and thinking about how they need to do what I'm doing or someone else in our niche or industry is doing in order to be successful. So I know you have a lot to say about that. Yes. And I will say, so when you're just getting started, a trap that I find a lot of people falling in is just perfectionism. Like, oh, it's Mm -hmm. got to, I've got to have the perfect logo, website, social media presence. It's all got to be perfect before I start. And it is so much easier to refine as you produce content. Like the more you create, the better you're going to get. Um, and take some of the pressure off of yourself. It's a, you're going to have shitty Instagram graphics when you first start and that's okay. Like buy a few templates, like learn as you go and take some notes from what other industry leaders are doing and grow. That being said, it's important to like your personal brand. And Alyssa, you and I have talked about this so many Mm -hmm. times, real personal brand growth comes from authenticity. And when people, when you capitalize on your strength, So Alyssa is known for being showing up and being really sassy and, you know, saying controversial things on your social media platform, because that's just who you are as a person and people love it. But if someone, you know, maybe like me were to come on and try to be Alyssa on my social media platform, it's going to be so cringy because that's not me. And I'm not only ripping Alyssa off, but I'm also showing up as inauthentic and people aren't going to resonate with it. Um, so it's important to take notes from industry leaders and see what they're doing well, but you definitely have to put your own personal spin on it. Um, because yeah, playing copycat and ripping someone off is not only, you may think like, oh, I'm so small. It's not going to affect them. Number one, it does. It hurts them. It hurts the people who has worked with them. And number two, it ultimately hurts you because you're not building a brand that's authentic to you. Okay. I love everything that you just said. I, th- I think we've used the word authentic on this podcast already. That's one of like, the main pillars of Little List Fitness. So <laughs> authenticity is like the only thing that I can ha- hold on to and sass, I guess. Yeah. And we, we mentioned it probably every episode in some way, shape or form because yeah. it just, it's one of those like key lessons that, you know, everybody needs drilled into their brain over and over because it's, you know, easier said than done, of course. But I I would love to hear a little bit from your perspective. Of course, we're talking about how other people in the fitness industry can, you know, uh, increase their online presence and and have branding that's targeted. But I kind of want to know what authenticity looked like for you and your brand as working for fitness coaches. So how did that like, I guess, evolve for you throughout the years? Like, how did you find your own authenticity, your own niche, like your own market, essentially? That's a great question. So I, I really lucked out when it came to niching down with fitness industry professionals. I started when I was, I guess, a junior in college. 
um, by trying to just expand my portfolio. Every designer is just like, I just want to get things in my portfolio that are real work, that's not classroom work. And so I was working with a personal trainer at the time, like to get in shape for my wedding, because that's what everyone does. Uh, And she needed, she was pretty small at the time and she just needed a logo and a website. So I said, Hey, 500 bucks, I'll give you both. And so we worked together and I gave them to her. And as we were working together, she got picked up by bodybuilding.com, which at the time they did that spokesmodel search. It was huge. And Mm -hmm. so her platform took off. And when we launched her, I got several inquiries. So really quickly, I mean, I didn't have a website. I didn't have a business email. I created everything within like a week uh, after launching Um, and just started learning, okay, like at first I took consultation calls on the phone. Then one of my clients introduced me to zoom. And so I started taking consultation calls. I like pestered all of these freelance designers in my area. I would go to little meetups and um, pester them and ask about their process. And I was so annoying, but I got so (laughs) much information and my process continued to grow and evolve. And I realized a lot of designers are so great at the detail work, but really struggle when it comes with, you know, when it comes to talking to people face to face. And I found that my strong suit was talking to people face to face on a Zoom call, really identifying areas that they were struggling in, pain points, and reassuring them like, hey, we can work together and we can solve some of these together. And so that's kind of how I've stayed authentic in my own business and really grown and evolved. Um, And then the fitness industry is awesome. You guys are also interconnected. So every time I launch a new client, all of their friends will (laughs) in me and then I'll get new clients. And I find, you know, and of course you have good and bad client experiences. I've had some bad ones too, but you just learn and grow and evolve. Um, So yeah, does that answer your question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to interject. This is why I want to be Tatum when I grow up. Mind you, I'm friends with Tatum at this time. And she is planning a wedding. She graduated college early. She's like 21 at this time, 22. Like you were an yeah. infant. Like Tatum is an infant. Littlest Fitness like doesn't exist. And Tatum's like 21, 22, fresh out the womb, coming out of college. And she's like, I'm planning a wedding and my husband, I'm studying abroad and I'm doing this design competition and winning it. And I'm doing all these amazing things. And oh yeah, I'm starting a incredibly powerhouse of an online business. This is why me and Tatum are friends, but this is why I look up to her even though she's younger. She just like, you just took it and ran with it. And I think that's a big lesson people forget when you're starting in business is that you sometimes like, and we talk about harmony over balance. I know you and me are like, we have these conversations all the time, but like, I think sometimes when you notice what you want to do and is clicking and just leaning into it and going for it. And like you said, you just pestered people. And like, that's like the internet equivalent of finding like the freebies that you have and leaning into everything and collecting all the knowledge and just putting it out there. And I always call it messy action, but it's messy action. And then as soon as you get feedback, responding to it. So can you give us maybe like some personal business advice on what that was like for you? Cause you are so young and like, which is incredible, but you probably have learned a lot by just, you just leaned in and went into it. I think a lot of people are one, afraid to make that jump, but two, don't know actually how to use that feedback appropriately to succeed and fall forward. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I got started, I was not ready to freelance during college, but I wanted to capitalize on the momentum I had gained when we launched that first client. Um, and so as I was getting client inquiries, I, I just gave myself a lot of grace um, and was very upfront and straightforward with my clients. Like, hey, I'm new at this. And also, I didn't charge nearly as much as I charge now because I was newer. And so my early clients had to go through the ringer when it came to client processes because it was horrible and all over the place. But they also got pretty incredible websites and brands for absolutely nothing compared to what I charge now. So um, I think just like you said, messy action is everything and just constantly like learning, evolving, taking criticism. I had some angry clients at certain times and I took some of what they gave me and improved my processes and moved on. Um, So not being afraid to make mistakes in those beginning phases is so, so important because as you grow and you get bigger, you'll, you'll begin to establish, you know, more refined processes. And that's when you'll get those, you know, more and more clients. And that's when it becomes important. But in those early phases, it's okay to make mistakes. 
Could you talk a little bit more about like receiving feedback and like taking criticism constructively? Because I think that's a lesson broadly in terms that, you know, people can apply to both to their branding and their business, but also a lot of these coaches obviously have clients that might have the same type of criticisms or they might get something wrong sometimes. How do you come back from that and build yourself better as opposed to like get all worked up by, you know, that negativity, I kind of feel like. Oh, yes. I still struggle with this. So uh, some one of my pet peeves in the design industry specifically is it's so popular to really complain about your clients. Like, oh my gosh, my client just asked this stupid question and I can't believe they don't understand like this font or this logo or, and you know, my response always was, it's your job to educate your clients. And if they come back with a stupid question, it's because you didn't do a good job educating them. So I try to put the client first and understand that they know absolutely nothing and they're not supposed to know anything because this is not their industry. That being said, sometimes, and you guys have probably experienced this, you will just get some irrational people who cannot be pleased. And it's important <laughs> to learn how to respond to them with grace instead of respond to them with the irrational anger that you have inside of you. <laughs> um, and, and be able to take from their irrational responses some actual like, oh, you know what? They were super right. I did not do this well. Or I, even though like maybe they overreacted to something that I did poorly, I still did it poorly. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to apologize for what I can apologize for, fix it and move on. Um, but I think I told Alyssa this, it, the first year of business was when I first realized I had anxiety. I was like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. uh, a client email will land in my inbox and uh, my heart rate will just shoot up. So it's a, it's a daily struggle. And I think I'm going to interject on this because I know we had this exact conversation. So I give and receive a lot of life advice with Tatum. Um, we voice memo like all the time <laughs> as we're running between meetings in life. Um, and we were talking about this because that's something I know I personally had to work with a lot because I'm a lot angrier of a person than you. And like, <laughs> you'll get more upset and I'll be like, how dare you? But it's something I've had to work with a lot, especially with being online, is sometimes people are completely wrong. They are nitpicking. They're giving me an unsolicited opinion. They are being so rude. And they're I know they're not right, but I can't even respond to them and tell them how wrong they even are because it's just – it makes, even though I'm not in the wrong, it makes me look more bad. So I've even told you, I've been working on like phrasing things in a way where it's like, hey, you are completely insulting me for absolutely no reason. And then this actually is unrelated to anything I've even said or done. But hey, I'm going to lay out as politely as possible what I've said and done in the past, how this is misassumed and or and then apologize to them for something I never even said. Because it it, it, it pains me to like filter myself, but it makes you look so much worse. And I'm not saying those of you who are listening to this movie, like Alyssa, I've seen you in the past, but like it's a growing curve. <laughs> but then I think with clients and even like I get really frustrated because I'll get tons and tons of DMs. And sometimes I'm like, man, I feel like I talk about this all the time, but I know I blatantly told Tatum, which I think might help a lot of people listening to this, is that I said, assume no one knows anything. Assume yeah. the best intentions and that they absolutely don't know anything. That's actually helped me curb my anger with the influx of questions I get. Because sometimes it's just like, I'll be like, do you eat breakfast? I'm like, I, I don't know. Why are you asking me this? But I'm like, just assume that this person has no idea what they're supposed to feed themselves for breakfast and that they're genuinely asking you because they they that's a pain point for them. And so I think when we're trained in our fields, we know so much that we assume that this really general stuff is common knowledge. But I think we forget that these people are hiring us or coming to us because they literally don't know what a logo is or what breakfast is. Like, yeah. like yeah. those are the, probably the equivalent, I guess, in our industry. So not to, to interject on you with that, but I know that is a conversation we literally had like three weeks ago. And I think that's really fitting to what you were both, you were saying, but then for our fitness industry friends in here, maybe coming from me, who's actually like on the other side of the branding. Yes. And here's something too, that might help you all when you're on your journey, branding your business and thinking about your brand messaging. Um, a great resource is the story brand podcast, I think with Donald Miller, but he mm -hmm. talks about this all the time. Don't make yourself the hero of your own brand and business. Make your client the hero. So basically what this means is just take yourself out of the center of your branding and be constantly in the mindset of service. Like, hey, I exist to help you help other people. Like I exist to help your business thrive and succeed and grow and just shine the spotlight on them and shower them with 
all the things that you do so well. And of course, you know, don't let people run over you, like steamroll over you, charge for what you're worth. But um, that will help a lot of your client interactions too. When you realize they're the hero, you are simply just a character who's trying to like help them succeed. I love that little piece of advice. I think that's a great like starting place mentality to like carry at the forefront when you're branding yourself in the fitness industry, especially. You guys are always asking me, Liz, what the heck do you do on your long runs? And Kate has recently converted me to Audible. With Audible, I'm able to combine my two favorite pastimes, running and learning. If that isn't the most Alyssa thing, I don't know what is. I know, right? So Audible has helped carry me many, many miles with audiobooks and podcasts. And the best thing about it is I'm able to download them directly to my phone and listen to them while I'm offline, running through the woods in the middle of nowhere with no self-service. And since I have a reading list approximately as high as I am tall, there's no other way I'd be able to consume so much with how busy I am. That's exactly why I love Audible. I've been a member for years now because I honestly cannot read enough books if I have to sit down to read them all. Audible has been a godsend because I can listen to audiobooks while I'm cooking, working out, or walking my pup Rocky, but my favorite way to use Audible is as I'm going to sleep, and you guys, I recently found out that Audible has bedtime stories narrated by none other than Nick Jonas and Tony Shalhoub, who you may know as the character Monk. Their voices are like so perfectly sultry and like they really guide you off to sleep. It's incredible. So every month, members get one credit to pick any title, no matter the cost, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digest and guided meditation programs, dare I say, by no other than the Pete Diddy himself. If that doesn't scream littlest meditation, I don't know what does. The Audible app is available on all smartphones and tablets, and you can download titles to listen offline anywhere and anytime. You can start listening today with a 30-day trial. You get one title plus two Audible originals for free when you visit audibletrial.com slash messymiddle. That's audibletrial.com slash M-E-S-S-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E. Are you confused about what supplements you should actually be taking? In a world full of juice cleanses, detox teas, fancy promises, it can really be hard to trust anything. But high-quality supplements, when dosed appropriately, can actually help support your fitness goals. And that's why I use Legion. I have been using Legion supplements since the beginning of this year, and after years of never really fully committing to one single brand due to lack of transparency in their labeling, unnecessary fluff, or just reporting things as blends and not knowing what's actually my product, I finally found a solid science-based product line that fits my supplementing needs. Legion's products are 100% naturally sweetened, and my favorite part, they are fully transparent in their labeling, and they use dosages that are actually backed by what the science says you need to be effective and support your fitness goals. And not the least amount you can get away with, and not just labeling as blends, but fully transparently telling you what's in your product and why they dosed it that way. And this is huge, because it lets you know exactly what you're taking and if it's actually going to be effective, and then you can know what's going into your body. My personal favorites are their cinnamon cereal whey. Yes, it tastes as good as it sounds. The mocha cappuccino plant protein. Pulse, their pre-workout, which comes in non-stimulant or caffeinated stimulant based. And Recharge, the recovery blend, which also gives me the creatine I need to move weights well in the gym. Legion offers 100% money back guaranteed if you're not happy with their products. And you can save 20% off your first order today with our code MESSYMIDDLE at checkout. That's M-E-S-S-Y. M-I-D-D-L-E at checkout to save 20% today. I'd love to get into the flip side of things. Like what are (laughs) the pitfalls of branding in the fitness industry? What are like the pet peeves you're scrolling on Instagram and you see it and you're like, why, why would you do this? Like what are those things? What are the red flags? Tell us what not to do. Okay. Oh man. So there's a few common mistakes that I always see. One of them- (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one of them we've we've talked about already, perfectionism. Don't hold yourself back from starting just because you're afraid someone's going to see your graphic and be like, man, that's ugly. It's okay to create an ugly graphic at first. Like just, just put it out there, do it, learn and grow. Uh, the second thing that I see a lot is trend hopping. So this comes to like, this can be in branding and graphics, but it can also be in the type of content that you produce. So be really authentic and consistent in all the content you produce, whether it's visually, like set your color palette, your fonts, stick to them. Um, But then also like in the type of content you produce, if you notice there's like 
some trend that's happening where everyone, I think I've seen this where everyone uses like the letter boards and holds them up in mm -hmm. pictures. Like, okay, it's okay to hop on a few trends for some social media engagement, but making that your entire brand identity just for like a couple of frames of Instagram and then like there's a new trend and you just hop on that. I hate seeing that. Or, you know, switching up your brand colors and fonts all the time to match whatever is the latest and greatest on Pinterest. Like that's ultimately not going to serve you. That's going to hurt you. So opt for something that feels like it fits you and your business versus, oh, this is super trendy on Pinterest. Because ultimately that's like in less than a year, that's going to change. And then you're going to have to change your brand. Um, and then we already talked about this, but copycatting is never a good way to go. So, you know, I know you guys have experienced people just like ripping you off and you're like, how, how did you think that I wouldn't notice this? It happens all the time. And even in my industry, I see you know, smaller designers picking up on like types of content that I post all the time and using the exact same phrasing or captions. And it's obnoxious. Like, don't do that. Be authentic and be yourself. Um, and I don't think people, oh, I was gonna say, I don't think people realize how much people can pick up when you are not being yourself. Yes. Or you're not leaning into yourself and you're not being authentic. Like it's like I can blatantly I maybe we do it because we, we we see this stuff, but I can read it and I'm like, this isn't you. Or you're not you're not leaning into you. Like you can yeah. automatic people can tell. They can smell authenticity or awkward fraudiness from a mile away. Yeah, absolutely. Um some other just nitpicky things um that will help you. So as far as fonts go, when choosing your fonts, this can be super difficult but keep it like the overall rule for your fonts and for your colors are keep it simple for your website too. The simpler you keep things like Alyssa's website, it wasn't the greatest when we switched over, but she kept it simple enough with like white backgrounds, minimalistic fonts, cohesive colors that it actually wasn't that bad. I've seen websites that are way worse. So keep it super simple um, for fonts. Don't, if you use one font that stands out a lot, make all of your other fonts pretty neutral. So keeping your like pairing minimal fonts with bold fonts are good. Um, don't use more than three fonts. I, I know with as a designer, I can use more than three fonts because I know how to do it properly. But if you're doing it yourself, you know, keep it super simple. And for your color palette too, choose either one or two colors that you use consistently and kind of keep it at that. Let all of your other colors that fall under that be neutrals. Those little things alone will help you so much. So building off that, I think something that would be really, really helpful for our listeners, especially for those of us, because we, we know, I mean, I know my first few social media infographs and swipe posts and everything. And I was on maybe the early cusp when those became a thing. And so I've had a lot of practice on it, but I can tell when people first starting them. But, you know, I see a lot of things like the contrasting fonts or colors or lack of readability or too tiny and like that kind of stuff. So if you had some maybe tips of advice from a design perspective of how to, you know, you just gave us some great takeaways on how to make a really simple and visually nice brand and doing it by yourself. But what would you say for like people on Instagram trying to make graphics like this on their own for the first time from like a design standpoint? What are maybe like a couple rules of thumb that they should consider um, for engagement purposes and actually like making a, a graphic people want to stop and look at? Because it's not a photo, so you have to make it pretty or people aren't going to stop, right? Yes. So the first kind of aspect of that is color. So um, there's a statistic that's like – like people make up their mind about your brand in like 90 seconds or less um, about you as a person or as a brand. And on Instagram, I would bet that that's even like less amount of time as people are scrolling and 62 to 90% of that assessment is based purely on color. So people will read color in their brains super quickly and will respond to it. Um, so make sure that you use um, a color palette that's really works and has a good mood and communicates the vibe of your brand. So maybe like a neon hot pink, unless that's just your thing, like stick with color palettes that really work, maybe are a little bit trendy because they'll get picked up on Instagram. That's where trends will help you. Another thing to do is, um, of course, with fonts, just keep everything very readable. Don't make font sizes just ridiculous, like use common sense. If you're make your headlines bigger than your body copy, 
but don't make your body copy too small to where people can't read that information. And don't give your information in like a script font or like a really fancy font because people won't be able to read that. Um, another just honestly great thing that will help you is purchase maybe a template pack for Canva that is cohesive and consistent. Um, Creative Market and Etsy, um, both are great websites to go and purchase template packs that the designers have made. Um, and simply by purchasing like a template pack, you can create like a consistent look and feel to your Instagram feed and not even have to work. You just plug in your own colors and fonts um, and make things look really good. And I believe you still have Instagram templates, right? For the feed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I created Instagram templates specifically for coaches. Um, I'm currently in the process of kind of redoing those because I know there's some like trendy things like reminder boxes and fun things like that um, that I'm going to include. Um, but yeah, we have those on our website. I think they're like for 20 bucks or something. So you can go and grab those. Lovely. When you market or like design graphics or something, you said like for fitness coaches. So what are the things in you know, when you're marketing to the fitness industry that you typically include versus, you know, just for anybody else, like what makes working with fitness professionals different? That that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so I, I love working with fitness, like the fitness industry, because like I'm in it, all of my friends are in it. So I understand industry trends, pain points. I've worked with a lot a lot of the software that's out there for you guys, whether it's Trainerize, maybe you're on Kajabi, if you're on WordPress, what, whatever you use. Um, and so usually with the things that I create for my website templates and for my Instagram and social templates, um, I build specific things that I know really like across the board for every fitness client I've had, this is really what they need. So one of those things in the shop page, instead of just giving places for products in my website template, um, I give spaces for like affiliate links and codes and things that I know every single fitness um, influencer has um, and needs to provide. I also give like a funnel style sales page. So let's say you've got one offer that's bigger than your other offers, um, like a membership or your one-on-one -on -one coaching. You can really break this down really easily in like a, a lead pages style, like funnel sales page um, that you can have on your website. And another thing is just in the way that I structure the homepage. Um, and I talk about like website layout structure and the strategy behind that all the time. But it's so important because when someone lands on your website, you want to instantly drive them to your offers and then instantly explain exactly what those are. So I lay out my website in a way that drives people to your primary services, makes everything super clear. I have FAQ sections everywhere. So your DMs are not blown up with just questions. So you have those sections underneath all of your product pages that answer all of your questions. So there's a few things just working with people in the fitness industry, especially like Alyssa, I've noticed, oh my gosh, she receives DMs and questions, the exact same ones about her programs all the time. So I structure even the contact form and page of your website a little bit differently than I would for someone who's not in the fitness industry to address all of the questions, direct back to programs, FAQs, before they even send you a message, so. And I will say, in Tatum's offense, because I, I literally called her, like, Tatum, I don't know what to do, it's so much, I feel like I have these answers, and she had me an FAQ within, like, I might get a little bit of bonus service because she's my best friend, but the, I can tell there's a direct less of a need of me. My emails are down and my stuff is down, but people are happy. Like their questions are still getting answered. I'm not abandoning them. So with that little tangent there, I do want to point out two things and then I have, or one thing and I have a question. So one with you, this is at least my experience and like everything you just said here, you keep your web pages really, really simple. And I think one of the things I see that's a big trend in the fitness industry is people have these long scrolling sales pitchy things. And I know everyone thinks that you need that, but why do you, why would you say that you actually need something a little more simply, but then also instead of just a, like a constant scrolling landing page, why do you think, and I know that you, this is a hill that you will die on is that you need your website right away. So why do we keep it simple? And why do we want it like right then and there, not just a Google Docs coaching form in our bio? Yes. Yes. Okay. So keeping things simple is just like, that is a rule that I 
by and large say to follow. And I know there's some great advantages to having like a giant land, like funnel style lead page, um, which is why I've created a sales page that's a lot longer. Um, but even that is a lot shorter than most like lead page funnel pages. Mm -hmm. um, and the only reason is people's attention spans are so short. So you, you want to provide all of your information really quickly um, with eye-catching images and an instant call to action right away. So usually I start small with like, here's the program title, a sh like one or two sentence description of what it is and a call to action. And then as you scroll, okay, here's a little bit more information, maybe a couple transformations and then a call to action. And then you keep scrolling for more details, but um, you wanna keep like the most important information and in your call to action right at the start. And you will see your leads turn over a lot better than if you just have, I mean, a million words, a million transformations and very few call to actions. So just keep it super simple because pe people don't like to read. They're not, they're not going to read. And when you build your website on your computer and on desktop, it may look like there's not a lot of text, but when people are viewing it on their phones, which they're going to do because they're clicking on your website from your Instagram bio, they're going to be scrolling on their phone for forever because you have so much dang copy. So just keep it short and sweet. Oh, and for websites. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> you're good. That was a great yeah. tangent. So that's okay. You got distracted. <laughs> um, so I will say there is a very small phase when you first get started um, launching your, like, I, I guess your business um, that you may not need a, just a full blown website right away. You might get like a link tree or like a link in bio type of thing to send. Here's my like Flowdesk landing page. Here's like an application form on Google Forms to sign up for my one-on-one -on -one coaching. I mean, you're very small. Like here's a link to email me, super simple. But as you start to grow and scale, um, probably sooner than you think, you really need a website, um, mostly for, uh, there's several different reasons. Firstly, for just to appear professional. So you want to, like, as you start raising your prices, increasing your rates and really like showing up as a professional, um, having a website is kind of what people look at just right away to identify like, hey, who is this person? Do I want to work with them? Like, are they a professional? Um, and if you do have a website, get a professional website, whether on Squarespace or WordPress or Shopify, don't get a Wix site and have that Wix dot your name.com because that will make you look so unprofessional too. Um, and um, also you want a website to better serve your clients. So this way, by having a website, you can break down who you are, what your programs and services are, answer all of the questions, maybe even have a blog that provides free content to your people, like serve your clients on your website. It's not just for you to look good, but to provide a better experience for them. Then as you are growing and scaling, having a website that is strategic and really works for you um, can actually increase your leads and your sales. So um, I know Alyssa, we've talked about this. When we launched your new website, you had like record breaking months of sales just because we structured your website in such a way that drove people to the things that they needed, especially as you start having more and more eBooks and programs. Um, and if you serve people in more than one demographic, you really want a website to segment out those people and send them to the offers that they need, um, that they're wanting. So, Okay. So you gave so much information. I'm sure that's going to help so many people. I love it. Um, you mentioned some website platforms uh, when you just went over that. And I'd love for you to break that down further in terms of when people are first going it alone, what like website platforms are going to be their best friend in terms of usability. And, you know, they don't have to know all the back end in order to produce a like clean looking website for one. And secondly, is that similar or different from what you, I know, use on your um, clients that you work with from a professional standpoint? Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I could talk about this all day. Um, <laughs> so as far as website platforms go, this can be so confusing because when you go to create a website, instantly you're hit with how do I get a domain and um, which website platform do I use? So right off the bat, I recommend, I recommend getting a domain on Google domains. It's super, like, it's pretty cheap. 
And it's super easy, regardless of what hosting or website platform you purchase, for you to point that domain at things. Um, so get like even if you're not ready for a website yet, go ahead and purchase yourname.com if it's available on Google. Um, I did that years ago. Just make sure that you own it. Um, and then next, there's several different website platforms. I think the most popular one that I see a lot that I absolutely despise is Wix. And the reason it's so guilty. Popular, yeah, I mean, the reason it's so popular is because it's marketed as, hey, this is free. This is super easy for you to use. And in some ways that's true, um, but there's some really, like there's a lot of downsides to Wix. Number one, it's not free if you use your own custom domain, um, which you will want to do. Um, number two, it's not great with mobile responsiveness. So when you're designing your website, like if you drag your, like, your browser screen in and out on your desktop, you'll kind of see things shrink or like move around on your website to fit the different screen size. Wix is really bad about this. So your website isn't going to work on every screen size. Um, the SEO, like search engine optimization is very poor. So trying to show up in Google search rankings um, is pretty bad. And then honestly, as you grow and scale, um, Wix starts to get more expensive and things start to get pretty um, difficult to manage. So um, it also like you can do whatever you want on Wix with the drag and drop platform, but that can honestly do you a disservice because all of a sudden you're staring at a blank screen and you can do whatever you want with it. You can even drag in like purple glitter backgrounds, which God, no one needs to use purple <laughs> glitter backgrounds. And I've seen that on websites. So get something that boxes you in a little bit more. Um, Weebly is similar. I don't know very many people on Weebly. Just don't use it. It's not a great platform. <laughs> Um, the next, like the top four platforms are Squarespace, Showit, Shopify, and WordPress. All of them are fantastic. Squarespace is great because it really boxes you in. So if you're just getting started, you can choose one of their templates that they offer for free. It walks you through how to create things. It really boxes you in so you know your website is actually going to look good. Um, and it's almost impossible for you to break your website on Squarespace because they kind of hold your hand the entire time. The downside to Squarespace, as you start growing and selling a lot of different products, um, Squarespace starts to get pretty expensive per month. So you're going to be paying a lot of monthly fees once you sell a lot of products. And the SEO for Squarespace isn't great. Um, my SEO guy won't even work on Squarespace because there's not a lot that you can do. So as you start really scaling your business, I would get off Squarespace. Showit is a great platform that is built primarily for photographers um, and like photographer entrepreneurs. So it's really easy. It kind of connects the WordPress and Shopify platforms with a page builder. So that's the advantage to show it is that it comes with a page builder. But if you utilize WordPress the right way, which I'll talk about in a minute, I would recommend getting on WordPress versus show it. Shopify um, is an incredible platform for if you are selling like physical products, if like having a product line is your primary like business, like maybe you have an apparel line for like a fitness apparel line. Um, getting on Shopify is really going to help. Their e-commerce platform is incredible. For coaches, what I recommend, and this is what I use for all of my clients, is WordPress. Um, so WordPress can be kind of complicated because you can do anything on WordPress. You can start out with a super basic website or you can scale to a full-blown you know, exclusive membership subscription website, all built on the same platform. So that's the advantage to it. The disadvantage is that you can do anything you want with it and you can break it. So um, if you use WordPress, make sure to purchase a template that comes with some great tutorials so that you have instructions along the way for exactly how to set up your website to serve you, because it is such a powerful platform. You need to make sure that you have some instruction. So all of our templates are built on WordPress with a page builder. So you can go in, you can drag and drop things, switch out your copy. It's super easy. And we have tutorials that help you out on WordPress too. All right. Well, now that you brought it up, why don't you tell us more about your templates? So I think to give people some idea, because you're either buying this podcast through my website or looked at my website before, and I have a built out 
template of Tatum's, but you can have a website that essentially don't rip me off as we said before, but you can have a website that looks structurally very similar to mine minus a few extra bells and whistles. Cause I work more closely with Tatum and brand creative co. But if you've seen that, you've essentially seen a Tatum brand website template before. So can you tell us more about like what those are, why you made them, but like who they're for and why something like that will actually, it might be a more worthwhile investment early on in your business rather than, you know, when you're, you're starting out, you don't have a ton, you don't expenses that you want to put out there, but little things like that. I personally think that like that would have saved me so much time and effort and trouble. Like, I wish I had something like that a few years ago. So can you tell us more about that specifically to the people that you like will benefit from that? Yes. So I created the website templates because I was working and just doing all custom website design with my fitness clients. But that price ticket starts at about $4,500 and just increases depending on the tech that you need. And our most popular package is $6,200. And if you are a, like a business baby, newbie fitness business, you do not have $5,000 to throw at professional website design and development. Like that's just not feasible. So I created website templates so that you could get yourself on a platform as powerful as WordPress and grow and scale, have a platform that grows and scales with you, but that has a price point of like $250 instead of 5,000. So um, I created these templates to, for like the newbie business, like fitness um, people. And we have a lot of like different ways that you can work with the templates. Like Alyssa said, we have template build outs. So if you want everything done for you, but you can't afford custom work, um, then our template build outs are like $1,500 and we get all of your content and put everything up and develop everything for you. So your website is live and launched, but it lives on a template. And the great thing about our templates too, is I built a lot of unique sections within the template. So no matter, like, even if you use the exact same template that Alyssa uses, you can switch out different sections and it'll look completely different and unique to you. Um, the great thing about those two, I also noticed that there really wasn't a great template specifically for people in the fitness industry. Um, so all those things that we talked about, like having um, a shop page with like affiliate links and structuring your homepage to feature transformations like client testimonials, all of those things I think are so important. So I built, I currently have two templates out now, but I built those specifically for fitness coaches that has everything you need to launch your fitness business. And I will vouch. I know a lot of you are probably sitting there thinking, you're like, I have tried WordPress and it is so confusing. And I was honestly apprehensive when Tatum switched me over because I mean, I'm not a dumb girl, but I'm not like trained on this kind of stuff. And I honestly used Wix originally because I was on WordPress.com before. And then I switched to Wix like pretty quickly in my business. Like I had a website right off the bat. I just, I don't, I, no one told me to do that, but I guess I knew. Um, but WordPress kind of confused me at the time. So then I found Wix and I was like, okay, like I can build this out myself. And I use like their kind of generic template blank screen hybrid type thing. So when Tatum switched me over, I was really worried that I wasn't going to understand how to use my website. But I think immediately with and you give so many tutorial videos, but almost instantly I was like, oh, Tatum, this is actually not that bad. Once you know where things are, it's honestly no more or less confusing than Wix. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's not as bad as people think it is. Yes. And that's a great point too. There are things like when you switch to a website platform like WordPress, or when you're getting a website, just like from having nothing and have never worked with website platforms before, like there's a few things to keep in mind. One of those is you're learning a new platform. So it's going to take some time. It might be frustrating. And like, even if you have a million tutorial videos, you're still going to have to spend the time watching them, learning, doing things, doing them over. Like it does take some time. Um, so keep that in mind when you're building your website, whether it's on one of my templates, whether it's on Squarespace. Um, and then also keep in mind having, like you can have the best website template that exists, but if your photography and your copy, um, namely your copy, like your words, um, if those are all shitty, your website's going to be really shitty. Like it, like a great website template and design doesn't make up for poor content. So make sure that you have quality content going into your website design. So with this, can you give us a maybe like a one minute breakdown and rundown about like what the ideal user web experience would be like from the client's perspective or prospective client's perspective? Yes. Okay. Okay. So 
let's just talk about your homepage, for example. We always talk about like when you first pull up a homepage, the first thing you see on your screen before you scroll, that's referred to as above the fold. So everything that's above the fold, and I think that's a newspaper term, term like before you like fold uh-huh. the newspaper down. Um, so you want to make sure that the client, like you answer three questions for your client. So who is this for? Is this for me? Um, or wait, like, what is this? Is this for me? And like, how do I get started? So as soon as they land on your website, you should instantly say, hey, this is like, give your call to action. Like, here's who I am, exactly what I do. And I serve like this person. So if it's like, hey, here's this program or like my programming for this type of person. So because you want to turn people away who are not your ideal client. Um, so when they land on your website, instantly people are either going to click away or click to learn more. So you're going to have like a big call to action telling and then a short description and then like a button that links to like, hey, learn more on this landing page. Go ahead and purchase this, whatever. And then as you scroll down, the next thing that you want is just a super brief like mission statement about you. So don't go into your full hey, I graduated this college and I, you know, blah, 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 like all your accomplishments. Give a brief, like, here's why my business exists and why I do what I do with a link to learn more about you. Then you can scroll down and I say, highlight probably like your top three programs, especially if you work with more than one type of person. Like, you know, okay, here's running, lifting, and then hybrid. Or here's program one, program two, program three, so that people are instantly filtered out into exactly what they need. And then as you scroll down, you can feature like, you know, brands that you've worked with, you know, a press page, you can have a more in-depth about you, maybe a blog section, scroll down again, and maybe have um, like a big banner that gives more information on like a big ticket service, scroll down some more, maybe some transformations, and that's it. So that's kind of how you want to structure your web pages, keep the most important information at the top. And then as people scroll, they get more Okay, so you've provided us with so much freaking value today. I'm sure somebody is at home listening going, oh my gosh, I need to work with Tatum immediately. She needs to do my website one-on-one. How do people get in contact with you? Are you taking clients? What does that look like? Give us the rundown. Yes. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at Brandt, B-R-A-N-D-T, Creative Co., um, where I post a lot of free content. You can also um, inquire through my website which is brandcreativeco, B-R-A-N-D-T.com. And you can just hit work with us or book a consultation. Usually our consultation process, we have you fill out a couple questionnaires before we book a consultation call because every custom project is so unique. So we hop on a call and I walk with you through custom like packages um, and recommend, you know, and here's the thing. If you don't know exactly what you need, that's what the consultation call is for. You know, I'm not going to tell you that you need $5,000 web design if you don't need $5,000 web design. Um, so yeah, that's that's where you can find me. And you can also find all of our templates and all of the things that you can purchase, freebies, all of that good stuff on our website too. And I believe there's a uh, special discount you're giving our, our, our listeners. I heard a oh, rumor. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, I have a discount code, which I'll give you guys. Um, I guess the discount code can be messy middle for 10% off all website templates. Um, yeah. And we'll link that in the show notes too. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Tatum, is there anything left on your mind that you would like to say before we move into our, our final little wrap up game? Um, the only thing that I would say is just don't put too much pressure on yourself to create beautiful things. Just go ahead and create, put content out into the world and when you're ready, outsource and hire a professional so you can get that off your plate. Beautiful. All right. And with that, it is time to play this or that. While we truly believe that life exists in the messy middle for the sake of fun and irony, we like to close the show by forcing you, Tatum, to rapid fire, choose between two contrasting things. And today's this or that items were specifically selected for you by Little List Fitness <laughs> herself. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. There's going to be um, 10-ish, maybe something oh. around there, rounds. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Tane, I'm going to come in hot. Would you rather be called a boss babe or a gold digger? Oh, God. (laughs) Gold digger. I hate boss babe. I know. Coffee or espresso? Ooh, espresso. Ooh. 
Mountains or desert? Mountains. I'm gonna let you read uh, that one. <laughs> Zach as an eight or Alyssa as an eight? <laughs> oh, your husband, right? Zach yeah. is her husband, and we were like brother and sister. <laughs> Who's a better eight? I don't feel like I can choose because um, you're both the exact same person. Oh <laughs> That's why I asked it. It's so, so funny. Good. Anytime, yeah. Anytime I wonder, like, I wonder how Zach will respond to this. I'll just ask Alyssa, and then I'll have the answer because they're the same. Person. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh, okay. You can right. take the next one. Yeah, I need to because officer friends. Ooh, um, I have to say, ooh, I'm rewatching Friends right now, but I'll have to say The Office. Okay, good. We can be friends. <laughs> this, is a, a pun. this is another hard one overalls or platform tivas wow the combination <laughs> of the two is just my go-to i guess i'd have to say overalls all right pinterest brand or canva brand oh, oh. we'll say canva brand nice now one of these is r.i.p right now but white squirrel brewery or gads Ooh, white squirrel for sure. And it's gone now. Apparently, I think the pandemic really. All of our Bowling it. Green hometown people will know. But yeah, white squirrel has closed, which is tragic. And I've had some pretty terrible cold gads donuts at 3 a.m. But I mean, they're still incredible. I mean, you can't, you can't. You can't no, one, no one here knows the beauty of the teeny tiny adorable Asian man who hand makes donuts at three in the morning for drunk kids. <laughs> like what a, what an angel. <laughs> All right, glass animals or the black keys? Ooh, the black keys. I knew you would say it, but I, I figured I'd throw it in there. Yeah. <laughs> and the last but not least, would you rather relive your first ultra or have to do a trail run again at Mammoth Cave National Park? Oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Which one's worse? <laughs> the first 17 miles of my first ultra were just the most blissful, fabulous miles that existed. Um, and then every other mile after that felt like death. So you did it right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to play my first ultra. Cause that first part was pretty great. <laughs> I think I'd rather run any ultra, including the one I vomited on over again, than ever run at map mammoth cave national park ever again. So I'm with you on that one. Yes. Yeah. A worse trail run is at Congaree national park, which I didn't know existed, but it's in South Carolina and it's just a giant swamp. It, it, Oh God, it was, horrible all right guys so we're gonna sign off today and say thank you to tatum it's nice to see you i should come visit you you live four hours away read us nice to meet you via Zoom, yeah. officially Reed yeah. just asked me last week he looked at me he goes you're not doing anything but working remotely so i'm shocked you're not living at tatum's yet and i was like zach came back but you just wait it'll so happen i'll be well we will reunite here shortly so Thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Hopefully, this conversation with Tatum was helpful. The one nice thing about this podcast is that finally I can create a long-form resource with my friends that are smarter than me about <laughs> business, branding, all these things that I'm always getting asked about, but I didn't have anywhere to send you. But now I have this amazing jam-packed filled episode with Tatum to send you guys. So thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and give us a rate, a review on iTunes, share us, tag us, follow us on the Messy Middle Podcast. Be sure to follow Tatum. Check out her amazing products. Check out her just amazing content and so helpful. Her freebies we will link. The discount code we will link. We will link Tatum everywhere possible in the show notes today. So yeah, that's it. Are you ready to help us sign off, Tatum? Yes, I am. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys, we want you to live well. Demand better and stay messy. Oh, you crushed crushed that. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week.